Hello. Welcome to Conversation Matters. How can I help you? Okay. Do you have a prescription? Let's see. You have a bad boss. Oh, trust me. I can relate. No, it's not just you. There are so many... Well, I'm not the conversationalist. Let me get you in with someone, and you can talk about it there. Yes, I'm sure there's a lot you want to talk about. Um, I can get you in with a certified conversationalist right now, if that's convenient. Perfect. If you take your prescription and go through that door, he'll be with you in just a moment. Hello, how are you? Come on in. You have a prescription? May I see it? Okay. Oh my gosh. The ultimate. Yeah. Here, have, have some candy. It's really good. Oh my goodness. You picked a good conversation this week. Hey, it's your prescription. You're the boss. How do you deal with a lousy boss? <laughs> All right. Let's see if we can work on this and be serious. Well, I have a really dear friend. And they coached me on this one a long time ago. That when it comes to bosses, you have to be nice. You have to be sincere. And you have to be polite. You're not allowed to be barbaric, as it were, with your boss, no matter how angry they get you. And uh, I thought about how to approach this. It's, 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 it's a tough conversation. How do you deal with a lousy boss? And you know what I came up with was telling you about the bosses I liked and uh, also telling you about the bosses I didn't like. And I, I know it's my own personal experience, but I have worked for quite a few men in my life and women. And I found some very striking similarities in all of them. The ones I liked had very specific traits that I admired and respected. The ones I didn't like had very specific traits and uh, personalities that I really didn't like. And they were very distinct. They were very separate, these two groups. And I noticed that the bosses that I got along with and that liked me rarely got along with a lot of people because they were... <laughs> I don't know how to say this without sounding very, very machismo or macho. But the bosses I liked the most were ones that actually carried themselves and acted like real men. I gotta say it. And the women I worked for, they carried themselves like a lady. They did. They presented themselves well, the men and the women. They, uh, hygiene 
and their uh, look, the way they carried themselves, meant a lot. And they were well-respected. Now, well-respected is very different than well-liked. The bosses I got along with were not usually well-liked by people at all. But they were well-respected. And respect is earned. And they earned it in droves. One of my favorite bosses took me under his wing. He helped me get uh, one of my first licensed jobs. He saw to it that I had time to study. And he saw to it that I accomplished the goals that I set out to accomplish. He didn't let me backslide. He didn't let me hem-haw around. The goal was set. You're going to accomplish it. That's that. He didn't just help me. He changed the demographic of my workplace, making sure everybody was a licensed and uh, trained worker so that they could get the maximum pay rate and move up in the company. There were no dead ends and as far as this man was concerned. Everybody was moving up. Everybody was earning their keep. And I think about him often. He dealt with a lot at home. And that was another thing. The men I respected, they would open up to me very little, but they did open up to me about home life. They were definitely the boss, the king of the castle at home. And when they came to work, they were laid back. They expected everybody to do their job, and if they didn't, they would have a word with you. And they talked to you like a man. They didn't yell at you. They didn't demean you. They didn't talk down to you. Respect is earned, but respect is also given. And they gave respect. That's how you can tell if you have a lousy boss. If you don't respect them, they're not earning it. It's a natural thing. And your boss can be the boss, and he can get a lot done, and he can push the place forward, and he can accomplish goals. And he can be totally disrespected and hated. Usually a boss who's like that has a very strange trait. At home, they get pushed around a lot by their wives, their mother-in-laws, their children. They're not respected at home. They've learned to get their way by throwing a fit like a five-year-old, basically yelling and screaming, raising their voice making idle or even real threats. That's how they get their way. And this behavior was learned because they have a horrible home life. They probably picked a spouse who was a lot like what they were raised around and they thought that was the proper way to interact and react to the world. And they think they can just bully their way or pound their way or drive their way through every problem in the universe. And to be quite honest, you'll find a lot of bosses like that. Sadly, people in charge are not always the 
picked for their personality. They're picked for being a bulldog. Getting the job done sometimes is more important than how the job was done. I don't care. I just want it done. I want numbers. I want I want goals set. I want work accomplished. And I want these numbers met. You meet your numbers, everything's fine. Everybody gets a reward. These kind of bosses are just as successful as the ones I've mentioned before that are different. Excuse me. <clears throat> a respectful, calm, studious employer can control his workplace in a certain way. As I said before, he expects respect, he earns it, and he gives it back. He rewards his employees, his workers. He brings them up a level. He makes them part of a team. He makes them feel included. And he's an inclusive employer. You don't leave people out. You invite everybody to the table for the crew dinner, the annual picnics. Everybody goes. Everybody's part of the team. The boss that's not driven by respect and dignity and courage, he's afraid of his workers and he's afraid they'll turn on him. So he tries to play favorites and he has people who rat out the others to him so that he can keep an eye on all the loose cannons and the troublemakers. He creates troublemakers by not trusting his employees. Employees know they can get a rise out of him. They know they can tweak him. They can work him over. They can cause mischief and tomfoolery and drive the boss insane. And he's always on the guard for it because that's what people are all about. They're not about being part of a team and succeeding. They're about making him look bad. It's all about him. Him, him, him. Me, 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 me. And for him to be successful, he has to keep everybody under his thumb. Right where he knows right where they're at. And if he doesn't know where they're at, he'll find them. He'll scour every microscopic inch of a tabletop until he can find them and put them back under his thumb. And like I said, don't sit there and say, well, if I had a better boss, things would be better. In reality, you're just as successful if you're a good boss or you're a complete jerk. I've had great bosses with great success. They left and somebody took over and had just as great a success as they had. Probably even cut costs and cut corners. Saved the company some money. Made themselves look good. Made themselves look good on their fellow employees' backs. And it's amazing to me. It has always, always, always been amazing to me that those kind of bosses can be just as successful as the nice, respectful, kind ones that you get to know, that want to get to know you, that want you to be part of the team. 
you can still be part of the team on the other bosses. Of course. But you gotta play by his rules. And you gotta know your place. And that's a hard thing for a lot of people to take, I think. Learning their place. It's a form of belittling you. Knocking you down a peg. Turning you from a respected worker into a worker bee. A drone. Trying to drive you harder and harder to get what they want. To satisfy their goals. I know you've all heard it before. We're not here to make friends. We are here to you this. Is there anything wrong with being friends with someone at work? Making a friend at work? Being kind and generous and thoughtful and respectful to someone at work? Is there really anything wrong with that? Yes, we are not here to make friends. We are here to work. But we are also not here to make enemies. Throw that back at them. We may not be here to make friends, but we certainly are not here to make enemies. And we're not here to ruin people's lives and drag people through the mud. You're paying us to do some work. You're not paying us to own us. You don't control us. You don't manipulate us. We are our own individual, our own person. We demand and we deserve respect. I'll be honest, I was a union worker my whole life. I still am. I am. I've had good experiences, bad experiences with unions. But there was one thing about unions that always carried me through. Everyone in the union was equal. Man or woman young or old. You don't prey on each other. You don't put each other down. Everybody is equal. And if you give people a chance to prove themselves, I've noticed and I've always found that women and older workers, people, you know, looking for a job in the middle of their life, struggling, not as young as they used to be, and women, they, they work smart. They work hard. They work tough. They have something to prove. And they don't give up. Because they know the eyes are on them. And they know they have to perform. And they know they have to get that spotlight off of them. And that's a big piece of advice. Try to keep that mouth closed at work. Try to be positive when you do speak. Don't give people ammunition to use against you. Keep that spotlight off of you. One attaboy is worth ten o-craps. No, I got it backwards. Ten attaboys is worth one o-crap. You get one big pat on the back every day for ten days straight, but you screw up just once and you're out. You're a jerk. 
Spotlight's right back on you. Look at this loser. Look what he did. He screwed up. Don't let people beat you up over there. Silly demands and rules. Stand by your work and be tough. Be proud of who you are. Be proud of the work that you do. said you don't know what other people are going 
this man's life was a living hell. And I'm glad we got the chance to see the other side of his personality. And I got to see the other side of his life. Where he got to have a good life and a happy life. Away from somebody that was actually rather abusive towards him. And it's amazing. It's an amazing transformation to see somebody go from being a, a jerk to a decent boss. And I can tell you on my hand how many good bosses I've had. And I know what they went through at home. And when they had bad times at home, it was bad times for me. And when they had good times at home, was good times for me. Life is a very, very strange thing. I've always tried to leave work at work and home at home. Don't come home and yell and screech and argue and complain and talk about work. I leave work at work. When I get home, I don't talk about it. I put it behind me. I put it out of my mind. And the same thing when I'm at work. When I'm at work, stop answering texts and looking at your phone and talking to your family, getting yourself worked up about all the things you have to do at home. Leave it at home. Leave it alone. Leave home at home and work at work. And I will tell you, it takes that takes care of about 95% of your problem. The rest of it is whether or not you have an idiot for a boss. <laughs> Which was your original problem. But my philosophy really does help you stay focused at work. And it, if you're getting along and staying focused at work, even if your boss is a jerk, you'll, you'll more than likely be able to navigate and get along better. And you won't have as many problems. I will tell you one more thing, and I waited till the end to say it. If you have a boss and he's a complete jerk, you don't know what to do with him, he makes your life miserable, you're taking him home. When you go home at night, you're miserable because all you do is think about work and how much you hate your boss, how much you hate your job. I have the exact thing you need to do. You need to get the hell out of there. You need to go home. Realize you're taking work home. Realize you're miserable. Get out your laptop or your computer, whatever, tablet. Fix up your resume. Print it out. Start handing it out. Go online. Start applying for jobs. Start working weekends at another job. Make extra money for when you lose this one. You'll have the money to get you through to the next. Do everything you can to get the hell out of there and away from that person. It's never going to get better. The only solution? Go somewhere else to work. Go somewhere else where you'll be appreciated. Go somewhere else where you can get along with others better. And if your boss says, 
You'll never get another job. You're, you're not good enough to work anywhere else. That's because he doesn't want you to leave there. He wants to keep you right where you are. And the best thing to do is prove him wrong. Get out that resume, brush it up, get your work experience on there, get some good references, and start getting that paperwork out. Practice interviewing. Practice what you're going to do when you, you know, talk to your prospective employers. And know the business that you're applying to. Do anything you can to improve yourself so that you're a top-notch, valuable asset. So when the chance comes, you get the hell out of there. Sorry to say, but when you have a lousy boss, you can't work it out, you can't get him off your mind. There's only one thing to do. Go somewhere else. And you know what? I've done it. Some of the happiest times of my life was when I was at a plant closure or I changed jobs. I was never so happy in my life. I've done it three or four major times in my life. And every single time I've done it, I come out the other end happier, wealthier, better off. I grew as a human. I grew as a person. I grew as a family member. The last time I lost my job was a major job and a major life change. And I was so happy to get the hell out of there. My wife said she never saw me so happy. She said, oh my God, you're so happy. It's so good. You're out of work and you're happy. That's because I knew I was going somewhere else. I was putting my resumes out. I was interviewing. I was walking around looking for work. I was applying places. I was interviewing well. And I got job offers. And eventually got a job. It took me three months. And in that three months, I worked on fixing my house, working to get to know my kids and my wife better. House was in great shape when I got back to work. (laughs) All those little jobs I never did while I was working all the time, I got them done. You take a negative and you make a positive. I've done it my whole life. And you can too. You can do it. And you know why? Because I believe in you. You wouldn't be listening to this right now if you didn't think there was an answer in this silly little podcast. And you didn't think you were deserving of it. It's not rocket science. Get your ass to work. And make your life a better place for yourself and your family. You can do it. Don't give up. Well, I hate to tell you, but i got to get going. Oh, I've got a lot of work, too. Will you let me know how the job search is going? And we're going to touch back on this again. Okay? I'm going to get you a prescription for how to get a good resume and get a good interview. You think that might help you? Yeah. Yeah. We definitely got to get your prescription for how to interview well. 
I'm not an expert on that. We need to find you one. Well, until I see you again, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tierra de Fuego. Remember to stay tuned for the next episode, coming soon. When you have a moment, please take the time to rate and review this podcast. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash the theme song, Atlantis, is by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardehuello at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.